That is the best, grandparents. Thank you for spoiling your grandkids. What a great joy that is. I hope you've enjoyed those little vignettes uh, throughout this series. We're wrapping up our uh, message series this morning called Building Strong Families. And we've been taking a look at the different stages that kids grow through, how we as parents and grandparents can intentionally invest in the next generation, how we can pass on that spirituality and do that in a way that hopefully they'll be able to carry on with them. So we start out the first week by talking about all the cultural influences that come at us from our society, all this pressure for our kids or our grandkids to be successful. And what does that look like? What does it look like from God's perspective versus the world's perspective? And we talked about how short those years are. We have 938 Legos in this container, 938 weeks that we get a chance to be with our kids from birth to 18 years, it goes by super fast. The next week we talked about how to create a really good balance in our family because all of our kids and grandkids, they're precious eggs and we sometimes need to look for those little mends or or those little cracks and we need to mend those so that we can keep all of that healthy. The next week we talked about passing the baton of faith. How can we really lay those spiritual foundations and be able to do that in a way that our children want to pick up that baton and carry it on in their own families and in their uh, children and the children after that? And we talked about what those developmental stages are in their spiritual development. Last week, we took a look at how as children grow, our role as parents change over and over again. And when when they're very young, we direct them and we give them all kinds of instruction. And then through those teenage years, how do we become more of a coach? How do we help them to make some of those decisions? And then as they get older, how do we consult and advise with them? And so we talked about how children are always changing and we as parents and grandparents have to watch for those changes as they grow. And my hope is through this series is that you've just really had a chance to um, gain some confidence about how to invest spiritually in your kids and grandkids. So lastly today, we're gonna focus on really the heart of that relationship. How do we keep that relationship with our children healthy throughout adulthood? What are some of the things that we do so we can keep that relationship strong through the years? So that's a little bit about where we're going today. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, as we come today, we come with this great love for our families, for our children and our grandchildren, And we just lift them before you today. And God, I just pray that you would speak to us through your word, that we might learn and listen to what you have for each one of us this morning. Thanks, Lord, we offer it to you. In the name of Christ, amen. So I did a little informal survey of a few grandparents that I know, and I asked them two specific questions. One, what are some of the great joys that you have in your relationship with your children now that they're out of the house or have families of, your own, of their own? And what are some of the great struggles that you find now that your kids are grown out of the house and have children of their own? So we got a chance to watch what is the relationship with the grandkids in that video, but what is the relationship with your kids as they grow? So here are some um, of their responses. Some of the joys, they said, is being able to watch our children make decisions on their own and contribute to society. They're more willing and eager to take advantage of our experiences and knowledge. They call and they ask for advice and they might actually follow it. They enjoy traditions together. The family expands. Now it's not just your kids, but their spouses and the grandkids. So love multiplies, the family gets bigger. 
watching them as parents be happy and successful in their professions, and then watching them live out their faith and some of those good values, how that lives and works in their own life. What are some of the struggles? Parents of grown children said when they're experiencing a problem, sometimes they won't ask for help or they don't want our advice. It's hard to watch your grown children hurt because you can't take away the pain like you could when they were little. Recognizing and accepting that their decisions no longer need my stamp of approval. It's tough to keep my mouth shut and let go of those parental suggestions. Sometimes they told me it was difficult not to get involved in squabbles between siblings. And also, sometimes not having children or grandchildren nearby was a very difficult issue. And so these are some of the real issues that parents and children face as they grow, as they get out of the house, as they have their families of their own. And what I wanna talk this morning is kind of about three decisions that we can make in order to keep that relationship strong and healthy with your grown children, or you can think about it from the perspective of being a grown child, how to keep that relationship healthy with your parents. So let's talk about that a little bit this morning. I think one of those things as we move into adulthood is to really focus on developing and creating that friendship, helping that friendship aspect to really continue as you get older. And that's gonna change throughout the years depending on what perspective you're coming from. But if we think about it as young marrieds or when you're kind of just on your own getting out of the house, we go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, and we say this to couples. Um, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. We often use this in marriage ceremonies. I, as a pastor, you know, I often concentrate on that cleave part. You're coming together as a couple. You're coming and making this promise before God and your family and friends to become one flesh. But if you look at that verse again, you can't concentrate on that last part unless you do the first part of that. You have to be able to leave your family to take all that you've learned, all of those traditions, all of those things, and to cleave together to begin to make your own family and your own decisions. It's a part of that letting go process. Focus on the family radio ministry, they conducted a survey among 2,600 young adult married couples. They wanted to know what is the number one frustration that you deal with. And the results of this survey really blew them away. It said their, their staff hadn't expected it. Do you know what the number one frustration is of young married couples? It was that, uh, let me make sure I got this right, is the inability or unwillingness of their parents to release them or let them go. That was their number one frustration is that the parents still wanted to have all of this, you know, um, constant influence on their life. And so it's this process of how is it that we help to let go but still create this really good friendship in the midst of that. And I think parents... We struggle sometimes with letting go. And it occurs in those late adolescent years, those early young adult years, those early married years. How do you have that good balance between being able to plant those seeds and help that, but also letting your children make those decisions? And sometimes we wear, as a parent, we wear the hat of the banker, don't we? And we sort of wanna still keep, you know, making sure that they know that there's some money there and, and have that available. And sometimes that can become a difficult part as those married couples are learning and experiencing that together. 
Sometimes we wear the hat where we want to always give advice. Son, I don't think you should buy that car there. Sometimes we wear the hat of the rescuer. We don't want our kids to have any kind of pain, and so we want to rescue them from that all the time. And it's this process of letting go more and more in the process. How instead can we think about it in developing a really good friendship? To give advice when asked, to share those fun moments of good times, to be that really great listening ear. And each child is different, so that friendship is going to look different based on your relationship with them and and how that goes. Some are going to want to talk more, some are going to want to talk less. You might share a concern or opinion and then let your child be able to learn from there. But how do we begin to think about it in developing and creating that really good friendship as we go? It's about trusting your child's judgment and that's necessary in that letting go process. I think another thing as they grow into those early years is figuring out how to respectfully disagree with each other. Sometimes in the teenage years, it's just this explosiveness. But how do we begin to respectfully disagree with each other? We are reminded of Exodus 20, 12. We talked about this briefly last week. Honor your father and mother so that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land your God has given to you. And so we are called to honor our parents from birth till death, to show respect to them, to love them, to show them high esteem, to talk to them, to listen to them. But also, how do we learn how to speak the truth? That we might not always agree. And how to do that respectfully, not in anger, not in manipulation, not in guilt, but to speak the truth to them in love. And maybe, you know, you, you have that conversation with your dad. You know, we've, son, we've always bought this kind of car, and this is who we are, and this is our family. Then how do you step up to the plate and say that respectfully? Dad, I appreciate your advice. And we've researched it and looked into it and we've really heard what you said. But my husband and I or my wife and I, we're gonna go with this kind of car. And how do we do that in a way that each side can hear that? And when we do that, it's very interesting because the light bulb might go off and say, wow, this is different. And my child really is an adult and how do I treat them as such? I heard another example this week of a college student who came home after her freshman year and her mom... um, said this was just a very interesting uh, change in the dynamic of our relationship because my daughter said to me, "Um, I'm going over to stay at so-and-so's house. I'm not asking your permission. I'm just telling you I'm going there. And she was like, okay, well, when are you going to be home? And she said, I always remember that because it signaled this change that, that my child doesn't have to get permission from me anymore. And how does that change in how I relate to her? And as we move through those adult years, the relationship with parents changes again and again and again. Now there might be grandchildren involved, and how do you work out which holiday you spend at at which family? And how do you work through some of those hurt feelings that might happen from time to time? And how do you work out who who sees the grandchildren, who gets to spoil them, and, and how to do that, all of that together? It's not easy. And I'm reminded of Paul's words in Ephesians chapter four, verse two. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And I think this past year has been really tough on families. And we've had to really bear with one another, haven't we? 
And it hasn't been easy because maybe you haven't been able to see your parents or or grandparents, you haven't been able to see your kids in that same way and maybe you're really missing some of those hugs. And it's been tough and, and it's been a lot of pressure and maybe there have been some things that have gone unsaid. How can we be patient with one another, bearing with each other in love? And we're called to speak the truth in love. Maybe you're in a different dynamic with your parents and maybe you're, you're caring for your elderly parents and that's a whole shift in how that relationship happens too because now you're, you're a caregiver to your parents or you as a parent have to receive that caregiving from your son or daughter. How can you be patient and gentle in that process as well and to care for them with the love and compassion that they once cared for you? And it's not always easy. And it's hard. And we are called to love as Christ did for us. And maybe that's just really gotten hard in this season for you and maybe you're weary and worn out. Ask God to strengthen you as you're in that stage with your parents as well. In the midst of all of it, we are called to love our kids, kids to love our parents no matter what. The heart of that relationship is to have that kind of unconditional love. That love that starts when they're very, very young and they're put into our arms and we're called to carry them. And that kind of love that sees through the entire parts of our life all the way to the end. We are called to invest as Christ would for us. And that love is never ever wasted. And it's very likely that as your children step into adulthood that they might make a decision that that you absolutely disagree with. Or it's a decision that you think is gonna hurt them in the long run. Or it's a decision that might even hurt you deeply in the long run. That's the reality of it. And how do you keep loving your child over and over and over again, even in the midst of it? Because that is what Christ has called us to do. I'm reminded of the father and the, what we call the prodigal son story in Luke chapter 15. And the younger son comes to the father and demands his inheritance right now while the father's still living. It was an incredibly, it was an incredibly difficult thing. And the father gives that money to him and the son goes and spends it in all kinds of frivolous ways doing all kinds of different things. Stuff the father would never disagree or never agree with. What does the father do? He keeps loving that son and I think keeps praying for that son. Keeps praying for him to come home. And scripture tells us that the father was out looking for him over on the horizon and when the son was still a long way off, what did the father do? He picked up the hem of his garment and he started running to his son. A good, respectful man in that day and age would never do that. They'd never do that. They would never run. But the father didn't care. And so he goes running and he throws his arms around that son's neck. And he says, welcome home. And I think that's our job as parents that no matter what journey our kids go on, 
that we are still there to be that unconditional love and to be there for them when the bottom falls out. Some of your kids might be on a tough journey right now and maybe you can't keep them from all the pain. Maybe that's your grandkids and, and they're taking a journey right now and it just breaks your heart. But you can be there for them when the bottom falls out. We are called, Paul says in Ephesians 4.32, to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. That's what we're called to do. Whether it's in the small stuff of life or whether it's in the big stuff in our families, that's what we're called to do. To have each other's back, to be there for each other no matter what no matter the twists and turns of life, that we are going to be there for you no matter what. And the culture that you build when they're young, when you're continually investing in that relationship, even when they get older, that will reap dividends and it will bear fruit later in life. The love that you gave will come back in return. It's the commitment that you make that you are gonna be there no matter what. And that's what Jesus does for us. He lets us wander on our journey, sometimes off the path, but he is always there to welcome us back. No matter what we've done, no matter where we've gone, he's always there. And so how do we model that kind of long-suffering Christ love to our kids no matter what happens in life? And communication is really that important part of keeping that relationship strong, of keeping this heart healthy, of always being there. And we are called to speak the truth in love. Is there anything that is going on in your family that is just kind of this unsaid thing that you just need to bring to the surface and get out in the open and be able to talk about? That's what keeps families healthy. And that is what Christ calls us to do. We continue to, to emphasize and to to place into our kids this idea of spiritual growth and it does make a difference for them on our children and our grandchildren. They may not understand all the implications of it growing up, but they do watch us as parents and they do watch you as grandparents to see how you're continually living that out in your life. I wanna close our series and close the message today with this poem. I don't know the author of it. There's nobody attributed to it but it's a parent talking to their child. And it says this, I gave you life, but I cannot live it for you. I can teach you things, but I cannot make you learn. I can give you directions, but I can't always be there to lead you. I can teach you right from wrong, but I can't always decide for you. I can buy you beautiful clothes, but I can't make you lovely inside. I can advise you about friends, but I cannot choose them for you. I can love you as a son or daughter, but I can't place you in God's family. I can pray for you, but I cannot make you walk with God. I can teach you about Jesus, but I cannot make him your savior. I can tell you how to live, but only Jesus can give you eternal life. And there comes a time, parents, when we have to release our children. Parenting is a slow transfer of title. And we invest in them, it begins at birth, and as we give our children more and more decision-making rope, eventually, we have to be able to launch them into adulthood and to let them go with great confidence and direction. And their children take responsibility for their life. And then they pour into their children and their children after that too. We entrust them to God's hands and keep loving them with Christ's love always.
So, how you doing? Where perhaps are you maybe struggling in that friendship capacity with your kids or with your parents right now? Is it all work and no play? How do you help that friendship? How's your communication going? Are there some open channels for you to express your feelings honestly? Are you speaking the truth in love? And where do you perhaps need Christ's strength? Because your kids or your grandkids are going through something really hard right now and you need God's grace and strength to keep praying for them and to keep walking with them in that journey. Investing spiritually in your children and grandchildren is a daunting task. And yet God will give us the ability and help us to keep doing that and to keep modeling that over and over and over again. And Jesus is the one who calls us to do it and he will give us the strength to do it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love our families, our children and our grandchildren and our nieces and our nephews. Lord, they're so very important to us. And Lord, there's been so much pressure in this last year because family life has looked differently. Maybe we haven't been able to get together as much as we want to and and just all the struggles around it. God, we just lift families to you today and ask, Lord, that you would just help to keep those relationships strong and healthy even into adulthood as our kids and grandkids grow and make their own decisions and to have that kind of long-suffering love that you model for us, Lord Jesus. And help us, Lord. Help us in the places that we need your strength and help us to communicate well, Lord. And give us your words to say. We ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. And we're going to close this.